Welcome, friends, to Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter. We bring you the greatest female voices in the music industry, from the artists, songwriters, and producers, to managers and executives, and all the women who make the music industry what it is today. Thank you for joining us. and welcome to another episode of Crazy Women Country. I'm Donna and today I am here with Sarah Milanovic. How are you? I'm great, Donna. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And no more confusing last names, please. No. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. It's, uh, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. It's It's all good. They translate in, you know, throughout English, European, everywhere, and it's everyone pronounces it differently. I think it just depends on where you're from and, and, you know, it really is. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good with it. I'll answer to a lot of different things. So, you know, hey, you there, hey, fiddle player, um, your beer's ready. Also, your beer's ready. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah, 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 Yeah. well. Tequila will get me there faster to the, to the bar, but it all works. It's all good. Perfect. So we'll start with the hardest question ever. Who is Sarah? Um, well, I like to think uh, I'm flattered to be considered crazy enough to be on this program. Um, I'm a farm girl from upstate New York, and um, I've been a fiddle player since I was four years old and a singer-songwriter since I had some things more interesting to say, which probably would have been in my mid to late twenties. Cause I I've been writing songs since a teenager, but um, they were more like journal entries than songs and have been consigned to the, uh, the literal and figurative trash bins of history. But I grew up listening to a whole bunch of different genres of music, but definitely um, alt country was a huge part of that. I also played a lot of bluegrass music as a kid growing up. So that's definitely a part of my musical vocabulary and bounced around the folk scenes, singer songwriter scenes, played in Irish bar bands for a number of years. Um, I occasionally sub uh, the violin chair on the Broadway show come from away, which has been really interesting the last uh, wee while, especially. And um What I am predominantly doing these days is writing my own songs and fronting my own band, which is called Sarah Milanovic and Daisy Cutter. And it's kind of an alt country band with a uh, penchant for story songs with a good bit of snow in them, because that's where I'm from. And we just put out our latest album called Northeast, which came out at the end of June uh, 2021. So that's me. I'm also a a uh, chicken nerd and uh, and a wine nerd as well. So those are my other hobbies. Wonderful. So I apologize. My puppy is barking in the background saying hello to everyone. Um, oh, so she always steals the show. I apologize if you heard that. Um, but okay, so I need to talk about this chicken. The, what is up with the chicken enthusiast here? Uh, it comes along with the, with the farm girl thing, but I, I've been raising chickens as a first as a 4-H'er when I was probably nine and, you know, had been breeding them and showing them and the whole, this was before the whole backyard chicken keeping thing became super trendy, which is very, very trendy right now. 
but I, I still have a bunch of, bunch of girls. They live up at my parents' farm in upstate New York. Cause I, I live down in the Hudson Valley, about 65 miles North of Manhattan and where I'm at right now. Uh, I don't quite have the space for chickens, but I still got my flock of girls um, up on the family farm and I have kept chickens for a very long time. And they're, they're an infinite source of entertainment and fascination. I agree with the entertainment part for sure. We had some when I was a kid growing up, um, my grandparents had a farm and stuff and it was just so much fun just to watch them run around and yeah. Yeah. They have so much personality. And I like to say that everything, when I was a teenager, everything I learned about, about dating, I could just learn so much by just watching the roosters in my flock and then <laughs> watching how that translated to, uh, to uh, guys that I was going out with. That's a it great translation. I never thought of that. A, yeah, it was an educational experience. So I, I definitely have my chickens to thank for that too. Wonderful. So why the fiddle at age four? Was that like the, the instrument that you remember seeing? And you're like, I got to play that. I mean, what, what was the fascination? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it was at an age when I was too, you're too young to really know why you get into something. But I just knew I was very into it. Um, my folks had music on around the house all the time, um, the radio and records and cassettes later on. And my mom's parents were involved in putting on local bluegrass jams and concerts and festivals and stuff like that. Although they weren't really players themselves. I was just around the music a lot. And I was so taken with the fiddle, I guess. I mean, I don't know what was going through my three-year-old brain, but apparently I made enough of a nuisance of myself that my grandparents gave me one when I had just turned four and I started taking classical violin lessons and then hanging out with a bunch of fiddlers concurrently. So I, I was raised musically, uh, fiddlistically. I was raised bilingual in that I'm a, I can play classical music as well as different fiddle styles, which has come in really, really handy in my career. But again, at the, at the time that that wasn't the trendiest thing to do as well. The, Guys like Mark O'Connor hadn't come out with their um, their fiddle suites um, where people were crossing over, and it was definitely kind of looked askance upon by both sides. But I'm really glad that I did it. It's such a cool vocabulary to be able to do both. Um, but I have no idea why, it, other than it just seemed like a cool thing that I had to do when I was three, and it still is a cool thing that I have to do. And, you know, I, I added other instruments um, like guitar, which I do a lot of my writing on stuff, kind of added those later as a teenager, but fiddle has always been my primary instrument. I think that's great that you learned classical and, and not so the classical, you know, I think it's just great to be well-versed. I mean, I, I may be the oddball that thinks that too, because I don't play an instrument. So, but I think I, it just brings out so much more depth in, in your, your abilities. I mean, as a listener, I can hear it. I can see, I, you know, I can see differences in, 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 you know, it's just, it's amazing to me. That's all. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's wh whichever path you end up taking, or if you end up taking one or the other, and there's no reason anymore to have to choose, but I think the more, you know, and the more you understand about anything, it's, it's not a drawback by any means. It only deepens one's musical vocabulary and understanding. So it's definitely an asset and a way of growth and never, uh, never a drawback. And it's, it's very cool. Now it's, it's very cool to be merging styles and, and being a mutt 
in that way. So I think that's a very positive thing is that just whatever music moves you learn as much as you can about it. And, you know, you don't have to, don't have to pick sides anymore. Just make music. Exactly. I think that was a great expression there. Not picking sides, just go with it. So tell us now you listen to a a big array of music, as you mentioned, tell us some of the women that have inspired you. Um, Oh my God. I got to, you cannot start without gals like Emmy Lou and, and Dolly. And I swear one of my life goals, some, one of these days is to get to get up there enough to be able to open for Emmy Lou. Um, just in terms of writing and also in terms of just having a unique voice, um, not really copying anyone else's affectation, but just inhabiting the songs in a really individual way made a huge influence on me. Um, I mean, nobody can phrase like Emmy Lou and, and nobody can phrase like Dolly. And it's just so, so evident that they're very comfortable in living in their own voices and their own lives and their own experiences. And then um, I'll throw, I'm going to throw Linda Ronstadt in there as well, because my God, that was um, the three of them together was absolutely stunning. But in terms of having three unique individual voices that they were so 100% comfortable with, with, with living in and writing from, and then getting on stage and singing and recording from, it was hugely influential, influential to just have these strong women out there and to see them just completely owning their powers. Um, that's, that's a huge thing for me. And also, you know, gals like before them, gals like Patsy Cline, gals like Tammy Wynette, um, the next generation, you know, I think about what the song, not only the songs that, that were done, not only her technique, but just the material that she got to do, but gals like Reba McIntyre and, um, you know, Tanya Tucker, uh, you know, they were really just individuals there was no mistaking these artists for anyone else you would immediately know who it was when the song came on and the songs always had something to say they would either write or choose songs that had such strong messaging and then they would just live in and deliver those messages and there was such strength and such uh you know artistic integrity and power in those sort of things that it made a huge influence on me. And then in, you know, in the late nineties, when, when the chicks came on the scene to have gals out there who could not only sing and write songs and pick songs, but could also hold their own as instrumentalists with any of the guys out there, because even in the, even in the, the older days with these fantastic, strong women, singers and songwriters, so often the band was a bunch of ringers and they were amazing musicians, incredible musicians, but you know, most of the time they were guys. And I mean, I knew that women could play. Um, although for the most part, my own upbringing, I grew up playing with the boys because there weren't too many other girls to play music with. And, you know, I, I have for real been told, Hey, you play as you play as good as a boy and yeah, damn straight. Uh, we work just as hard as, at it and we can be just as good. And 
it was huge to me to see a group like the chicks where you had gals like Emily and like Marty, who not only had gone out and won national championships on their instruments, but then took that to an arena setting. And, um, you know, I, I think in, in so much as you have to give Alison Krauss a ton of credit for putting the fiddle on the map in that way and, and being an amazing vocalist and having an incredible, diverse, awe-inspiring career, um, in terms of taking the fiddle in a traditional manner and bringing it to an arena rock setting, I think Marty McGuire is one of the most underrated instrumentalists on the world stage right now. And, and absolute, they're absolute heroes of mine. Great women that you mentioned. And I love how you mentioned, and you're right. There are so few in, it seems in your area where you grow up, as far as women that play music, um, I've been honored to meet this last year, like um, Nikki O'Neill, who amazing guitarist, you know, her and Vanessa McGowan and, you know, and, and percussionists. And, and it's just, it's amazing to finally get to meet and see more women that, you know, as you said, playing with all the guys and, you know, yeah, you can see like you can see that. And it's so great to see these women now up in the forefront with the different magazines as well. Because it's like, you know, someone once said to me, if you can see them, you can be them. And I'm like, that's a great theory. I'm like, I never even thought of that. But you have a point because as kids, we look up to what do we see? Who do we see? And if we can see someone as a percussionist or a guitarist, as a bassist, as lead, you know, you know the, the, I think it's just limitless for girls. And, and that kind of inspires them. Absolutely. I mean, representation is huge. Just being able to see someone else doing it is, it speaks volumes, especially when you're at an age when you're a kid or you're a teenager or you're in your early twenties, when you're trying to turn it from kind of a dream into an actual reality, it helps validate what you want to do to see someone else doing it and doing it well and achieving success with it. And so representation is huge for that and being able to see women like that especially women like emily and marty up there it's like oh hey i they're doing that and i i can play that and i maybe i can do that you know and, and i hope that it's that is is getting that part at least is getting better now i know <laughs> i know radio representation is a real sorry state but um hopefully with the expansion of so many other alternate media sources and publications and stuff the ability to see women out there and not just, you know, as, as rhythm players, although that's certainly essential, but not just there um, to be part of a band or to be in the background, but to be out there as soloists and as strong instrumentalists, as well as strong vocalists. Um, that sort of representation is huge to me. So I'm, I'm very excited that that seems to be on the upswing for sure. Absolutely. So let's talk about your latest release. So what off of Northeast, what was your favorite song that you wrote on there? Was there one, I know, I know you're, they're all your little babies. I get that. And, but was there one that more in particular or more in particular this week that you're like, Oh, that one's even better this week than when I had originally thought it was, or is there one that stands out for you? Oh, that's a hard, I know that's a hard question. And you already took away the answer of, oh, well, they're all my, my babies and everything. That was really mean and clever of you to yeah. do that. Um, anytime, anytime. Yeah. 
Thanks. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think they all have their own, their own thing to say. There, there are, if I can hedge and pick out two, I think the kind of dark horse of the album, which also ended up being one of the singles and ended up being one of the ones that really resonated with people and seemed to get more radio attention and a little more media attention, even than the songs that I thought were going to be more popular for sure, um, was the song $2 Town which is it's it's a it's a true story it's not all one person's true story it's a composite story and it's not all my story but it is all true every every bit of it that happened was true and there and may only be one degree of separation from that so i struggled with that one a lot because um it's a lot easier to write about things abstract uh, in an abstract way, because you don't run the risk of people finding out that you're writing about things really close to home. And this album was really close to home. And that song is really close to home, um, probably within two or three mile radius of home. And so that was a really kind of hard song to write because the danger of messing it up was really great. I didn't want to mess up the story of that. And even if it wasn't a hundred percent my story and it was still something that I wanted to make sure I got as truthfully and as honestly as I could. And so that took a long time. That one, I, I beat my head against that one for a really long time. And uh, the, the, I had a similar, similar deal with the title track, which was made even more difficult by the fact that I knew it was going to be the title track before we uh, had even finished writing it or recording it. So lots of added pressure there. Um, way to go, Sarah, way to go. Um, but yeah, Northeast, the, the title track is probably the most autobiographical song on the album in terms of uh, a, a philosophy, not not necessarily just myself, but in terms of a philosophy of um, of a, a people, in a way, and so that was another one that you really don't want to mess up, especially not when you've already made up your mind that it's going to be the title track, um, because the album started with the cover art, which was inspired by driving by this abandoned factory and just seeing this loading dock and going, you know, I think. The next album should have something to do with this thematically. You know, a lot of a lot of the albums that I grew up listening to, a lot of these old country songs and and even newer stuff, and of course the the folk troubadour tradition and everything, they all it's all about the story songs and it's all about people and places. And there are an awful lot of them about the South and the West, but we have all those issues too, and also snow. So what if I wrote some things about that and decided that that was kind of going to be the springboard, the, the jumping off point for the album, which ended up working out. But in terms of putting a lot of creative pressure on yourself is probably a ridiculously dumb thing to do to start an album. I like that. That's a, that I've, I don't think I've ever heard started with the cover of the album. That is amazing. But I will say, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, $2 town because you know, as from lyrics perspective, that caught me first off the first line, you know, got a million dollar view of a $2 town. I was like, what? 
that is so cool. Like that's just the perspective of the way it was said. I'm like, that is so different. So that might be why that was so gravitated toward because that is just that first line hooks you in. So. Well, thank you. Um, I mean that, yeah, that part is true. I, I grew up on a Ridge, grew up on a Hill. You got great views. Um, we, we used to joke that the, the town that I grew up in or grew up just outside of, you know, people used to say, Oh yeah, it's a, uh, it's a real Monet looks good from a distance. So. <laughs> oh. So are you ready for some fun 20 questions? Oh boy. <laughs> Nothing too serious. And there are, okay. I'm pretty sure there's no wrong answer. Well, there might be for one, but you know, we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right. I'm only mildly terrified. Let's do this. Okay. What was the last thing you read? Uh, the last, actually, the last thing I read was um, Brandy Carlisle's memoir, Broken Horses. It was amazing. Well, good. Oh. Hypothetically, I need to hide a dead body. Do you have a good hiding spot? Yeah, but if I told you, I'd have to kill you. Okay, don't do that. You're the second person that answered that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, statute of limitations, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. It's all good. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Ooh, there were, uh, there might be, there might be tied for two. One was the Chicks at Madison Square Garden um, in there, yeah, in the, uh, when, when Not Ready to Make Nice um, had just come out, when that, that album had just come out and they were touring in support of that. That was an amazing concert. And um, the other one was when uh, I drove my mother to Boston to see George Strait's uh, The Cowboy Rides Away Tour. And the band on before George was Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and their band, which was amazing. And then George and the ace of the whole band got out on stage and completely obliterated the opening acts. And the opening act was Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Um, it was absolutely epic. And it, it was really mind blowing to see what a band that has played together for 50 years um, sounds like it was, there was just no prisoners and completely amazing. And Tim and Faith were amazing too. But um, yeah, we got to see King George on his farewell tour. And so that was really cool. So I'd say it was those two concerts, um, that one and the Chicks at the Garden, which was epic. Wonderful. Those sound like awesome concerts. What's the first thing you would do if you won the lottery? Oh, first thing I do if I won the lottery, uh, apart from the boring stuff, like, you know, paying down debt and making sure your family is uh, taken care of that stuff. Um, I would, I would get myself a cabin, um, in the middle of nowhere on a lake in the Adirondacks. Nice. I like that. that was easy. Can I come visit? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like to make food over campfire. So yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. My, my, my campfire and wine pairings are epic. I'm looking forward to it now. I'm even hungry already. So <laughs> do you speak in song lyrics? Do I speak in song lyrics? No, but I like to take things that I've already spoken or that I've heard other people spoke, speak and reverse engineer them 
into songs. I get, mm-hmm. and I do get a lot of, um, I get a lot of lyrics that way. They just, but I'm, uh, I'm not aware of it at the time, but that's not just song related. Most of the time I'm not totally aware of what may or may not be coming out. Interesting. Huh? So what job would you be terrible at? Um, anything that involves uh, dancing. So I would make a terrible rocket. And yeah, anything that involves high levels of uh, foot coordination. Um, my, my fine motor skills are apparently limited to my fingers. That's it. But I'm a terrible dancer. Um, I was actually, uh, when I used to play for um, square dances and contra dances, when I was a teenager, I thought one day I would try dancing and I was actually asked to leave the dance because I was that bad. So uh, I would make an awful, uh, awful rocket, anything involving gymnastics, ballet, that would be just an absolute abomination. And I'd probably be really crap at waiting tables as well, because that would involve carrying multiple trays of food and not losing your balance. And I can just imagine that ending so badly. Okay, so we'll keep you away from those positions for the rest of your life, for sure. Yeah, I don't think Radio City is going to be calling me anytime <laughs> soon. So I won't come up for Christmas to see what's Rockettes. Um, but what is your game plan for Zombie Apocalypse? Uh, game plan for Zombie Apocalypse involves first winning the lotto, buying the aforementioned cabin in the Adirondacks, um, with a well-stocked bar, a deep freezer, and my chickens. Um after that, we should be pretty good. Good game plan. What album or albums and artists should I listen to before I die? Ooh. You've probably listened to them already, I'm guessing. Um, album, albums or artists. This is like a desert island kind of thing, right? Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like a rec- recommendations. So mm. the thing is that we get the audience, hopefully, to start listening to some of these other ones that they may have not heard. Okay. Um, ooh, artists, albums, recommendations. Okay, that's awesome. I would say anybody, well, to, to go back a few years, anybody who hasn't checked out any of Patty Loveless's Bluegrass albums should absolutely go back and do that. So check out Mountain Soul and Mountain Soul 2 because those are, awesome um of course she was amazing when she was doing the nashville country thing but the high lonesome really comes out and backed by an all-star band of who's who in the bluegrass world they are some solid solid listening um in terms of women in the east coast scene um my buddy, Abby Gardner, who is a Dobro player based in New Jersey, has a new album. It's not out yet, but she has a new album of solo Dobro coming out. It's just herself singing and accompanying herself on the Dobro. Um, so if any of you or your listeners are familiar with the band Red Molly, Abby was one of the founders of that. And she's an amazing singer and songwriter, but also an awesome Dobro player and uh, slide player. And it's really cool to see uh, her doing a project like this. So I'm really excited for when that's going to come out. And I'm definitely looking forward to that, um, to checking that out. I'd like out. to catch that. 
Yeah, I think it's coming out in the next month or so. I haven't. I have to. I'll have to go back and check uh, her release schedule. But that's that's definitely something I'm super excited about. Um, so after everyone follows all of your socials, they're gonna go follow all of her socials. That way, they, they can totally should be up to date with everyone's music. They totally should. Um, in terms of Hudson Valley songwriters that are totally underrated or or very much under the radar, I've got to give a shout out to my buddy, Jeff Wilkinson, who is actually a career architect um, in the Hudson Valley, but writes songs. Um, he really has mastered that kind of story song kind of vibe. And in fact, one of the songs on uh, my album, Northeast, the song Strange Dominions is kind of a sort of a co-write uh, with Jeff where he, there are actually two uh, versions of that song. There's his version. And then there's the version that I took the framework of and then completely reworked and rewrote and everything. And so then there's my version, which is on my album. Uh, but I am also uh, in Jeff's band when he does go out and tour and the album, which also has his version of strange dominions on it is called Hill No Passing. And so that's Jeff Wilkinson and the Shutter Dogs. And I think he's, if you're into really good lyrics and story songwriting with a kind of uh, alt country, like James McMurtry meets Tom Petty kind of thing, you'll dig that. Wonderful. Definitely have to check that out too. So, so yeah. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Hmm. Uh, Kate Winslet, because I think I, I've, I've always, well, I used to flatter myself with that because she's so drop dead gorgeous. I'm like, oh yeah, Kate Winslet should totally play me. And then I started watching, um, uh, that, uh, kind of drama series that she was in, um, mayor of Easttown on an airplane, uh, this past fall, which is really the only time that I get to watch much of anything, but, I can't wait until we can travel more and go back on tour because airplanes are where I get all my watching done. And I got, I was so, it was the only time I've ever been sad to have a plane land because I got so hooked into these episodes and she's such a great, just real life person inhabiting character. Um, she's a marvelous actor in that. So, and since I've gotten hooked on that, um, yeah, Kate Winslet. Perfect. I can see that now. So this is a very prolific question. Where's Waldo? What's the time frame? Today. Oh. In bed under the covers hiding out with that striped shirt with some striped flannel sheets because it's 26 degrees and blustery here in New York. And that's what all smart money is on. You just get a bunch of flannel sheets. They come in that nice striped pattern, get right back into bed, hibernate until it's over. Perfect. I will try to send you some of the warmer Florida weather. We were cooler today. It was like 70 something instead of 80 something, which was awesome. So, but I could send you some warmer weather if you'd like it. That'd be great. Thanks. (laughs) 
I feel terrible for you. It was 80s. Yeah. Oh, you must have been so hot. 26 was our high today with, uh, with you know, 20 mile an hour winds. I don't miss living in the Northeast. I don't. I like visiting the Northwest in the summertime. So it's like, you know, the 70s, 60s out there. So that I like. Although last summer was so hot. I was like, yeah, maybe we should go out there. Yeah, I just I keep reminding myself like every winter and this is my my mantra when I really need to kind of up my game with that. But it's just, you know, don't we? You know, no, no. Earthquakes and forest fires, earthquakes and forest fires. Because I'd be like, I'm moving to California. Earthquakes and forest fires. (laughs) At least the snow, you know, it's coming. Well, you can always come to Florida for the winter and just do a bunch of shows down here. You know, yeah. That sounds like a, I I like that idea very much as as long as I'm back by hurricane season, but you you uh, have to be out by uh, June and you're good. It's a plan. Great. I'm on my way. Good plan. Okay. We'll schedule you up. (laughs) Sounds great. Would you you rather cook or order in? Um, it depends on where you could order in from. Um, where, where the situation is now, um, I generally cook. Um, I'm a good cook. It's easier. It's healthier. It's cheaper. There are a lot of things going for it. If I lived in a city like Manhattan, where you could order in amazing world cuisine at any hour of the day, any day of the week, that would be a different story. I'm sure I would have, if the temptation were there, you know, if I could order in sushi, and have really good sushi delivered to my doorstep or really good pizza or really good, you know, that would be a game changer. Um, but since I'm not a uh, cook. I love it. What TV show would you be a member of? Uh, um, or movie. TV show or movie. I, I could say something, you know, funny, like, um, I don't know, Seinfeld or something, but, you know, it'd probably be something like Justified instead. <laughs> um, if, if that were like more of a comedy than it was, uh, it was pretty damn funny for a very dark series. But yeah, that would be it. Um, yeah, maybe Northern Exposure. I don't know. That's a good one. I remember that in a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling the whole cold weather coming. Oh, I'm it's here. You're cold. <laughs> winter winter is here. So I guess then the next statement probably might I haven't I have a guess what the answer would be. Boots or heels. <laughs> I'm going with boots. <laughs> To be fair, that applies in in the summer um, as as well. I've yeah, no, I that that's applied my whole my whole life, and it, it wouldn't matter if you plop me down in the middle of Death Valley; it'd still be boots. Um, I'm yeah, I'm I've been a an outdoor person my entire life. I used to just yeah, they drag me in, and I'd be covered with leaves and sticks and rocks and mud and the whole thing. And there was just no place for heels in that. And I've never been able to walk in them, much less run in them or do anything remotely fun like that in them. So yeah, no, again, and see my previous thing. response. <laughs> yes. See my response to the Rockettes question boots. So I don't fall over as much. 
great answer. Also, I mean, boots are, I mean, boots are sexy as hell. I love, I love a good boot. I love a good, you can get boots with some heels, but just a good cowboy boot or, I mean, there's so many awesome boots out there that, you know, why, why would you even miss heels? So much the boot world has to offer. Absolutely. And yeah, Boot Barn has my number. I get there. I get like two emails from them a day. They're like, hey, we haven't seen you browsing like in the last 15 minutes. <laughs> oh, they have you on speed dial. Oh. <laughs> oh, what's the best thing since sliced bread? Uh, cheese. A specific type or just in general? Well, I don't like to limit my cheese choices, although, you know, you'll pry my Vermont cheddar from my cold dead hands. But um, I, I like to, I mean, I, I, I do multi, multiple cheese uh, options. I've, re- I've recently gotten into this uh, really good, uh, like soft cheese with truffles from France. I know that sounds really bougie and it is, but try it. Um, but in, in terms of just basic Cheddar, you know, Cabot, seriously sharp. It is a staple. It's really hard to, it's hard to go wrong with that. But, you know, oh. yeah. Do you have any guilty pleasure music? If so, what is it? it? Yes. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't think it's guilty pleasure music because it's just, it's pleasure music, I think. But and when I work out, I love to work out to pink. And I mean, she's freaking amazingly talented. I, you know, if talk about aspirational pipes, but it's just, yeah, I guess the, the, that's the pleasure bit is that it's really good and it's really uplifting and it's, you know, always, you know, there's always very strong feminist themes to it and everything, but it, there's also just kind of an element of fun and that kind of, party fun element, I guess, is what makes it more of a guilty pleasure because so much of my own art is very serious and like life is hard and we're all suffering and cold and broke and we have to work hard at things. And, you know, then Pink's like, let's go out and party and we'll all get drunk and then we'll go home. And, you know, so that, that would be definitely one of those, one of those sort of things. And it's great workout music too. It is. Absolutely. I usually throw in anything pop. So what is the worst pizza topping? Pineapple. Don't fruit doesn't go on pizza. It's the whole tomato uh, tomatoes belong on pizza. And I know that they're botanically a fruit, but culinarily they're a vegetable, but that's it. That's the line. There's no actual fruit on pizza. So, so okay. I'm going to no, get hate mailed else. after this. <laughs> I trust that there's been like like, anchovies, everything said. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Anchovies are tolerable if you do them right. It's all about, it's all about proportion and, and stuff, but pineapple, I mean, I can get how the whole sweet savory thing might seem like a good idea, but in execution, nine times out of 10, it's just not quite there have to be like first a layer of like you know ham canadian bacon something salty like that that for me to do the the pineapple that would would be like cheese then this whole layer of meat and then a little pineapple on it that maybe 
Yeah. I mean, again, it's in You're the like, execution. I'll try it, but I don't think so. <laughs> I've, I mean, I've done it and I've eaten it. I certainly haven't starved. It's not like, oh, no, I would rather starve than eat this pizza. Um, but, yeah, I just it, it's one of those things that's kind of you're setting yourself up for disappointment in, in, in much the way that why iceberg lettuce exists in certain form. You know, it's just in theory, it's probably pretty good. In execution, 90% of the time, you're just going to end up sad. I would agree. <laughs> oh, if you could be any person or any position, like accountant or something like that, who would you be and why? Any person or, or any like position, position. job, yep. title mm-hmm. kind of person. Hmm. I think it, it, is this in a non-musical way or are there other, it could, it could be, be anyone. just it anything. Be, like for instance, I would want to be Dolly Parton for the day just to, you know, like I hear sometimes she gets up at three in the morning and stays up to do stuff. And I'm like, uh, if 3 a.m. is too much for me, but like four or five, we can negotiate that, you know, yeah. but, but yeah, just. Yeah, that would, I mean, yeah, Dolly's a great pick. You're really, I don't think you're going to be able to do much better. Than, than Dolly Parton, really. But I think it would be also very cool um, to be somebody working on a really high-level astrophysics project and to just be on the cusp of a breakthrough and to kind of just that moment, that moment of enlightenment when, uh, when you get the results back from whatever experiment you've been running and it all starts to come together and you realize that your theory is, is there's something to it and it's coming together and you're writing a paper and you know that it's going to, it's going to go. That's, it's kind of like when you get into a song enough to know that there's going to be something there and it's not just going to be a load of crap. It's, you know, when your data comes back and it starts lining up that kind of thrill of discovery and thrill of satisfaction, that sort of thing. So that, that would be a good one, but only because you've already got Dolly Parton taken. Oh, oh well, thanks. Thanks for letting me have Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so kind of you. Oh, if we had a song, what would it be? If we had a song. Okay. Yes. Um, ooh, um, ooh. I know this is a tough one. That is a tough one. I, I want to say, I want to say goodbye Earl, but that's only because you asked me if I had a good place to bury a body earlier. <laughs> um, it could be that. That's great. <laughs> um oh let's see what else I'll, I'll stick with the chicks and go uh some days you gotta dance because because this like has been too. fun and also we've talked about my dancing so yes <laughs> perfect we have two songs i love it oh at what age did you become an adult oh god probably way too young. I, I, I don't know actually, because do we ever really, are we, do we ever really grow up? Is it, especially if no, you're trying so. to be a, an, an artist, I, I, you know, I don't know if we ever really grow up. I do remember uh, at the age of like nine or 10, when I started getting gigs as a fiddle player, playing parties and stuff around the vicinity and making some money at it. I do remember, I told my parents, thanks. I don't need an allowance anymore. I have a job. <laughs> 
which Ooh, you know it was like nine or like, ten going on 20 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um so yeah th- that's probably that, I mean that's a that's a funny story but you know I like to Love think it. that we we don't ever really grow up but except I've just been an old lady for a long time apparently <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the chickens that, that throws people off apparently yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just, you know, I want to be on my, my front rocker with my chickens and, you know, a guitar and my jug of tequila yelling at the kids to get off my lawn and bring me a cheese sandwich. <laughs> Those are some great aspirations. Oh, just invite me because I want to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> if you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Hmm. Uh, real or fake? So let's see if you have to invent a sport. Mm. Well, okay, real. So a real, um, real Olympic medal. I would pick. Um, I would pick uh, equestrian events. I would pick three day eventing, and so I would love to win a medal in that, which would make me a much much better rider than I actually am. So that would be cool, and then. Um, Let's see. If you had to invent uh, an Olympic category, it would be called, it's 3 p.m., your chickens are out, get them all into the coop in under three minutes. (laughs) It's like herding cats, but there's more of them and they're really fast. So that would be my Olympic sport that I would just invent. That that would be a good one to invent. As having chased chickens myself, uh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> the dogs are very much helpful sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> oh, more chaos sometimes, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Bribery only so gets tell- you so far. Right. <laughs> oh, so tell us, what does the rest of 2022 have in store for you? Are you doing some touring, uh, maybe some new music? What's happening with your progression? Yeah, um, both of those. Um, we're trying to get back on the road. We, we were able to get out for a couple of rescheduled dates in this past fall, 2021, kind of hit the window in between, you know, things opening and closing and opening and closing. It's kind of like a cat going in and out. No sooner do you get in, then you got to go out again. And um, more of that, we're going to try to get back on the road with some regularity and it's time to start writing some songs again and start thinking about what comes after northeast what the next album might be like and that's a painfully slow and excruciating process i'm i'm really really jealous of songwriters that can sit down and just bang out a song and like i sat down this afternoon i scheduled my songwriting time and i sat down and i wrote a song in the afternoon like well good for you what's that like um my experience writing songs is more like those birds with the Windex commercials or the crows just keep flying into the plate glass window. That's kind of my approach to writing songs. So I have to get an earlier start on it because it takes a while. So that is what I'm going to be doing um, for plans for 2022. Wonderful. Well, we'll look forward to the uh, new music and uh, make sure you all go follow Sarah's socials. So that way you can always find out when the newest stuff is coming out, where she will be touring. And hopefully things will start opening back amid the, the chaos of that has been COVID. And uh, 
whether it's requiring vaccines or masks or whatever, like, I don't care. I'll wear a mask. We can get out and I've had my vaccine. So I'm good. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. Let's, let's do it. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I don't care if I have to order a flight of vaccines. I'm like, I had two Pfizer's and a shot of Moderna. Just line them up, get it, get, do a shot, take, get a shot, do a shot. What I mean. Yeah, there we go. No, I mean, it's uh, a great ploy to get everyone to get shots, right? (laughs) Well, it would have made that 15 minute waiting period a lot more interesting if they just had an open bar in the back of it. We did it in a national guard tent and I was like, well, this is 15 minutes of staring at a tent wall, but you know, it's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have those things. I think when we look back on this, I think the, the development is going to be kind of the microbiological equivalent of a moon landing in terms of how fast we were able to deal with that and, and whatever it takes, you know, vaccines, masks, look out for one another. And we're just really trying to keep the live and live music. So that's, I'm whatever, whatever we need to do. We're so, so, uh, eager and and we we need it and want it so badly to get back on the road and just interact with people and bring new music and and meet people and in in the real world in the real times it's just virtual yeah yeah this the zoom thing is uh yeah live and live streaming uh, if i had to write a country song about my live streaming experiences um it would be titled tequila and tears because that's how they all ended up well, then we're going to have to have you do a live stream. <laughs> as long as I don't and have to do any dancing. It won't be tequila and tears. <laughs> <laughs> no dancing. We'll make other people dance and, and, you know, come in on the thing and we'll just, yeah, we'll have them do yeah. dances. <laughs> I've, no, I've, I've got it down. I am, uh, I'm going to, I'm working up my nerve for a Facebook takeover. I will be sitting in a chair so my feet don't have to trip over anything. Perfect. See, you're already set. All good. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you all. It's been wonderful. (laughs) Thanks everyone for joining us for the episode. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode of Crazy Women Country, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Be sure to click the subscribe button for new interviews weekly. And thank you, friends, for joining us today on Crazy Women Country, where women's voices matter.